0: Coach, if you can't get most of your players to a PGC course this summer, we can bring PGC to you. If you're tired of careless, unforced turnovers, poor shot selection, a lack of focus in practice, a lack of competitiveness in practice, or having to watch other coaches and other teams win championships, you can have one of our PGC directors come run a private on-site PGC Clinic just for your players. This is a phenomenal way for all of your players in your program to learn how to think the game, be a playmaker, and be a leader on and off the court. These private team and program clinics are available year-round for schools, clubs, and youth programs worldwide. Go to PGCClinic.com to request, request a clinic today. That's PGCClinic.com. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Hey, coaches, TJ Rosine here with PGC Basketball. We've got a really exciting series for you. It's going to be a four-part series I'll become a better, more productive coach, things that you could take and apply right away to becoming a better coach. But before we do, hey, let's get a quick word from our friends over at Shot Tracker. you got to make sure that you're measuring stuff, coaches. If you get into practice and things aren't getting measured, how do you know that they're getting better? What is it that you're measuring? If you want to figure out what you should be measuring and ways to measure it, Go check out our friends at Shot Tracker, the leader in the industry. Okay, coaches, let's jump into uh, this four-part series. It's actually going to be eight different things that you can do to help yourself become a better, more productive coach. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just give them to you one by one. Uh, We're going to do the first two in this first part of the series right here and the first one you've heard me talk a lot before uh talk about a lot before is that you got to make sure that you just accept the fact that life's not fair. Now let me give this quote to you a multitude of ways. So one, life's not fair. We've got to deal with that. Um two is we got to divorce the story and marry a new truth. I mean, they're the same thing. A lot of times coaches live in the fact of some old story. They keep telling themselves or telling other people, and it's just holding them back. I've also referred to it as the the, the glass ceiling. You know, there's, there's a ceiling on what you can do and how good you can be, and a lot of people have a hard time breaking through that based on vision or living in their excuses or things that aren't going well. Now, look, I'm not diminishing the fact that things don't go well that you aren't fighting an uphill battle. Maybe you don't have resources. Maybe you don't have a good facility. Maybe you don't have uh, players in the area. There can be a lot of things that you're battling. But here's what I do know is that you want to help your team to accomplish as much as they possibly can. And I run into way too many coaches that are spending too much time thinking that their job, their opportunity is not fair. And we've got to get past that and i had to get past that you know as a coach i i remember coming to emmanuel college and when i got there it just wasn't a good situation it wasn't a good place um i mean it was I take that back it was good people a lot of good people there but from a basketball standpoint not a good place they continually finished you know it in last in the league um you know a lot of years they had probably um the lowest scholarship money in the conference uh, the worst facility people don't think much of the location and I was uh, at a place before that probably was a little bit better situation, and a lot of people were confused as to why I took the other situation and you know that that 's a longer story for another day uh, but one of the things when I did decide to take that job, I promised myself is i couldn 't use it as a crutch i couldn 't say well i 'm taking this job, and it would be an easy way out. I made myself flip my mindset to you know what i 'm going to make this job into an unbelievable situation. And to be honest with you, it's exceeded probably most of my vision and my dreams and and the job that has become the opportunity that it's created for me. But I really do believe a big part of that was going in with the mindset of I got to get over being the victim. Um, I got to get over the fact that life's not fair. Uh, I got to divorce the old cranky stories that are just no good, that just hinder where I can go uh, and where this team can go and where this program can go. And I got to break through this glass ceiling of just thinking, um, you know, gosh, we can never do this or we can never do that. And to be honest with you, it was a step-by-step process um, just from, you know, getting to a winning season to getting to a national tournament to winning a game at the national tournament and to winning a conference so on and so on and you all have um, your same stories whether it's your region or your conference or your city or your county or whatever it is that you. you know you're just looking for a baby step um, to get there and some of you may be further along that hey look we can win the county championship but there's no way we can go out into the state and actually win there's too many good teams they are too stacked they're So Here's my challenge for you. My first challenge for you is this. Just take stock and inventory of the stories that you're telling yourself that are just no good, the ones that you have to divorce. Um, We'll get to marrying a new story in a second, but what stories do you just need to get out of your life? And here's the thing. There may be even a lot of truth to your story. Your administrator may not be any good. Um, You might not have any talent in your county or your city uh, or feeding your school. Um, You might not have resources. You might not have support. There might be a lot of things that you're battling. And and to be honest with you, likely there is. And most coaches I come across are battling a lot of things. Even the ones that have a good situation, maybe from a financial standpoint, uh, players, you know, they have maybe more involved parents, more involved parents, more headaches. I mean, we, we all have a litany of problems, and they're just different. And the more I go through it, the more I experience life, I realize... that's true in a lot of realms, you know, like looking at the marriage, like it could be, um, you know, we have an issue with finances. It could be, we have an issue with communication. It could be, you go on down, like most relationships have issues and, um, and it's no different than you and coaching your team. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. You're going to have setbacks. But what I want you to do is just identify what those are, those stories that you continue to tell yourself that here's the thing. They're not helping you. They're not moving the ball forward. Like If you talk about how bad the talent in your county is five times a week, what does that actually do? Where does that get you? How does that move the ball forward? How does that make anything better? So let's just call it what it is. I mean, it is wasted time. And maybe it helps you to feel a little bit better in your situation, like there's a reason I'm not in But to be honest with you, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everybody just wants you to do the best with what you can. And really, most of all, you want to do the best with what you can. So, think about the story that you need to divorce, and then talk about the the truth that you need to marry. What's the new story that I need to be telling? Um, And these things are contagious. I mean, have you been around players before, and they hear you talking about, well, we can't shoot, or we're not big enough, or we're not. Eventually, players start believing it, and it's really hard to hide your true feelings if you're telling the story all the time of we're not good enough or we don't have this, it can be felt within your team and they're going to hear it secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand, like the stories that you tell are going to bleed into your team. And one thing for sure they're going to do is bleed into your mentality. Like if you're telling everybody else, there's not enough talent or my administrator sucks or the parents what? if you continually go down that path, it's definitely going to live in your thoughts and take away some of the energy you have to building a better team. So let's let's look at worst case scenario all right let's worst case scenario is you have a horrible job your administrator doesn't like you the parents are miserable so at the end of the year you go through this and all of this stuff is true you know let's just say it's all true and you get fired from your job what good did it do for you to spend hours and hours and hours mulling over that talking about it spending all your conversation time on it and then you got fired anyway Okay, that's one scenario. Or you could do the same thing. You could have all those conversations, spend all your time and energy on it, and you go through, and you're not fired, and you got to move on to the next year. And so how much time did you waste in the process of building for the future, the second year, your third year, your fourth year? How much time did you spend complaining about it, how much time did you spend building? Well, every minute you spent complaining was one less minute that you could have spent building, one more minute you could have spent building. So it's just a good thing to, to, to think about. I mean, either way, like if you were going to lose your job at the end of the year and you just complained about it all year, does that help the situation? Does it make it better? I mean, I, I've, I'll be really honest with you. I know some really good people and some really good coaches that have lost their jobs and didn't deserve to lose their job. I can, I can give you a long list of those people that did not deserve to lose their job but did. Now, there's a separator between those those people. The ones that I've seen bounce back, move on, go, is that some of them lived in that, and they spent a year or two talking about how they got screwed. And there's another end of that where people went more forward and said, you know what, I just got to move on. I didn't, they didn't play the victim mentality. So as you are thinking about your decisions and making um, the most of your career, things that can make you a better coach, Th- that's my first piece of advice to you is divorce the story marry a new truth get rid of the victim mentality embrace the fact that life's not fair if you do all of those things life does get easy you're not surprised when life's not fair you're not surprised when you didn't get the star move-in recruit you're not surprised when you just battle through that and then when those good things do happen you do get that really good move in or you do get a great boss or you do get a pay raise or whatever well then it's just icing on the cake right it's just something else and something you can be thankful for But you're already prepared for the things that might not go your way. So that mindset, and I start with that one because I think it's the most important. We talk about it at PGC all the time, your approach. Your approach determines and dictates so much of not just your coaching career but your life. So challenge for you first, dig deep, find the the stories that you need to quit telling, the complaints you need to quit complaining about, and find yourself a new story and tell that story with pride, let people know um, about your new story because that story also will gain uh, momentum and life to it. So, that's our first one. We're going to jump into the second one here in just a second, but let's take a quick break and get a word from our friends over at Team Snap. Coaches, we want our players communicating at the ultimate highest level possible. Night communication, name, information, tone, and the E we're going to talk about eye contact. We want our players to always have eye contact. 93% of communication in the world is nonverbal and eye contact is a key ingredient of nonverbal communication. Teach your players how to make eye contact when they are talking to each other. If you want your team communicating at the highest possible level you can to make sure they know what's most important to you, where they need to be, when things are changed, you need to go check out our friends at TeamSnap.com forward slash PGC. Again, Teamsnap.com forward slash pgc for a four month free trial and your team will be communicating better than they ever have before okay coaches we talked about um the first one you know divorce the story marry the truth life's not fair get rid of the victim mentality like we just got to we you got to put the boots on, dust off the dirt, and we got to move. We got to go, and just getting in that mindset, not letting negative things hold you back. Your approach—you've got to start there. I, I, you know, get the who right, and the what and when will follow. Get the who right, and the what and when. Will follow. So we've got to make sure we're focused on that, getting the who right and the approach right. Second thing I'm going to do is one that I've shared a couple times lately in social media and some different things was um, William McRaven, Admiral William McRaven. He gave the commencement speech at Texas A&M. And a lot of you probably remember it and you heard it. If you haven't, you know, Google it and find it. So it's a phenomenal speech. But one of the things he talks about in the very beginning is just every day, make your bed. Now, here's why it's important to coaches. Is uh, well, first, let me give you the background. The gist of it is this: is if every day you get up and make your bed, you've accomplished one thing. You've put something to bed, no pun intended. But you you you've accomplished something, and uh, when you've accomplished something, then you can move on and accomplish the next thing. And he talks about just the minimal. A task of making your bed, but how it starts your day in a really, really special way of knowing I've completed something and uh, most people, you know, when they've been out of bed 15, 20, 30 minutes or two hours or three hours, haven't completed anything, but making your bed, you've completed one thing. So how does that apply uh, to coaches? Uh, you know, if you're anything like me, you know, you've probably stepped into work before and you've just been overwhelmed. I mean, you think about a lot of you they are teaching and coaching and um and you've just got, uh, maybe you have another job and then you go coach your team at the end of the evening, hey, you're dealing with a lot of things. I mean, first of all, just, you know, remove family from the equation, but we all know it's hard enough to raise a family, to raise children, to be a good spouse, to be a good person. I mean, that that's that's a full-time job in itself. But besides that, you go to your full-time job or your coaching job or whatever, and you have teaching duties or you have another job before you come to coach and but you've got a full-time job so forget about family um and obviously they're the most important but just forget about that for a second then go to your full-time job and how encompassing and how um demanding that can be and the stress that can come with that uh and then you go in and you say well I got to build a great practice plan today I got to be prepared for my players oh by the way they're going to have issues. They're going to have problems, and there's likely an administrator that wants you to do this, and some parent that needs you to call them because they're worried about this. And you know, you just have this mountain of stuff that piles up. If you're anything like me, that's what the normal day looks like when you walk in. There's just a mountain of stuff. Now, I think I've gotten better at this. I don't think I've I've cornered the market on it by any means, and I think I have a long way to go. Um, but it used to paralyze me, just kind of paralysis by analysis, just. Um, taking stock of everything that had to be done or, or needed to be done and think to myself, gosh, there's no way I can get to all of this. And that's where this make your bed creeps in with me. It's where I started to think, wow, you know, um, when I get to work, I might not be able to do all of this stuff, but I'm going to do one thing and get it behind me. And then I'm going to do a second thing and get it behind me. And, you know, a lot of times you heard me talk about those one percenters, you know, well, if you have a hundred jobs to do, well, y- you can't complete it all in one swoop and you probably can't complete it all in one day, one week, or one month. But what you can do, what you can control, and it ties into the previous one on approach is you can step in and you can say, I can get one of these done and then I can move on to the next one. And then maybe after I get two done, I can move on to three. But when you get in the habit or you build the habit of completing a job, it really does become contagious You just want to complete the next job. And there's a lot of times when you can't all the way complete it. And and what you need to focus on is just moving the ball forward. Like, don't let it sit there and paralyze you because you can't complete it, but just move it forward as much as you can. And then maybe you have to stop. You have to wait on an administrator. You have to wait on, you know, a particular uh, person to get back to you and then just move over to the next task. But the most important thing about it is just completing task. Um, and again, you know, I hate to call the kettle black here because this is a big problem for me early in my career. Um, as I would go in and think, wow, there's so many things to do here and how do I prioritize these things? I really like Bill Belichick. I read an article about him and somebody really close to him said, well, he's the master of what's most important. And, um, you know, I dove into that. I read this 30 page article and it talks about his ability just to put the most important thing first and do it and then move to the next thing and do it. And um, there's things that might pile up on his desk for three or four months. And, you know, hopefully that's not the case for you, but they're not the most important. So one step further than just making your bed is prioritizing the most important things. But I don't think you can prioritize the most important things until you make your bed until you go to work and you do that first job, until you knock out that one thing that you need to get done um, to start the, the momentum ball and, and just get get it rolling. So it's it's really something to ponder, something to think about, like how many days do I go in there and, and you know, paralysis by analysis, there's just so much to do, I'm not sure what I need to do today. Um, and then there's other days when you might just be lost and confused. You know, you go in, you're like, I don't know what my team needs, I and mean, we suck at passing, rebounding, shooting, defense, you know, where do I start? Well, same thing. Just make your bed. Just just pick just pick one thing to start with, and we all battle that in practice planning. When you look at practice planning, you're like, "Oh my gosh, there's a thousand things that we got to get better at." Um, and here's what we do: we end up falling victim to putting a thousand things on the practice plan for one minute each or two minutes each, and we really don't get better at any of them. Where we've just been better off in saying, "You know what? I'm going to dive in and I'm going to tackle defense until we're better at it." And I might only put one thing to bed today or maybe only two things to bed, but I'm going to dive in. I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to start it and I'm going to complete it. And, uh, that can be really fulfilling. It can help you move the ball forward even faster than just kind of starting and and tinkering and tampering with a whole bunch of stuff. So we worked on shooting a little bit. We worked on passing a little bit, worked on defense a little bit. We really didn't get, get good at any of them, um, sometimes you just need to complete a pass a task you need to go in and you need to completely make the bed not pull the covers up not throw the pillow back on the bed you need to completely make the bed there's some satisfaction there's some accomplishment in there to be honest with you it builds my confidence sometimes when i go in and i just fully complete a task and i think i did that you know well let's go on to the next thing let's do the next thing um and, and and this can be an ebb and flow for you. You can be tired some days and just push a little bit forward. And then another day, just push a little bit of this forward. And you, you need to be conscious of that. What am I completing? Like, what what is my actual made bed for the day? So, coaches, those are the two things that I think you should really, really be thinking about. Um, you know, number one is just get rid of that victim mentality. Make sure that you just have the approach of a champion, that you've got that mindset of embracing the fact that life's not fair and so on. Like you get the point, like approach, get that who right, get tough, get um, get to that place of like, I know adversity's coming. That's OK. I'm used to it. I deal with it. And then the second thing is then make your bed, you know, complete some tasks, go in and get some things done. Don't look at, uh, you know, and I'm not just talking about a daily task. I mean, you might walk in and say, you know what? Our program stinks. I just took over a new program and there's no good players in here there's no system for study hall there's no system for uh, skill development there's no study hall uh, no no system for for uh, strength and conditioning well you know what you can do you can either stare at that big problem and wish it to go away or you can just tackle one of those things that's the bed you need to make today and tomorrow there might be a different bed that you need to make but just lock into those two things, coaches. I look forward to walking you through this series as we go through a four-parter here. Uh, and This is part one of those series, trying to keep it quick and efficient so you can just kind of chew on that for one week and then move on to the next one next week. But this week, your challenge is to you know embrace and find the approach of a champion and to make sure that you're making your bet each day, that you're knocking something out and you're getting the ball rolling. Um, each and every day, so that you can you can just be a bulldozer and just knock things out and get them done, and you're going to be a better, more productive coach for it. So, hope you enjoy. Make sure you go to pgcbasketball.com. Uh, check out our summer sessions. Maybe, maybe uh, also go to pgcbasketball.com forward slash team snap. Um, or i sorry, TeamSnap.com forward slash PGC, TeamSnap.com forward slash PGC if you want a four-month free trial from our friends over at TeamSnap. Love to see you out at a summer session. Um, love to see you check out our new product at Key5. Uh, check out Lead'Em Up for some other resources as well. Uh, but uh, look forward to seeing you grow over this week, Coach, and look forward to coming back next week to new challenges for you.